Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Craft to Career Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Chapel, and I'm really excited to share with you on this podcast ways to grow your business, stories of people who've done that successfully. And today I'm really excited because I'm doing a business coaching call. And this was really fun. I opened up applications to anyone who listens to the podcast. I was really blown away by the talented people who submitted. I am definitely going to do this again. In fact, in a couple weeks, I have another coaching call I'll be doing, but I definitely want to open this up again and do coaching calls, business coaching calls for the listeners. So this week we are going to meet Casey of Wellspring Designs Company, but before we do that, I want to share one of the reviews that was left. This is from Amaryllis H, and she says, fun and packed. These are a pleasure to listen to. The topics are neatly condensed without a lot of fluff. Love listening to all things creative business. Thank you, Amaryllis. I love this. i I'm not great at the fluff. I try sometimes, but it's true. I just like to get down and dirty and ask the questions and share the things. So I'm glad that that resonated with you and that you appreciate that. All right, well, let's jump in and get started. I'm excited to introduce you to Casey of Wellspring Designs Company. And here we go with her business coaching call. Welcome to Craft a Career Podcast. Today we have Casey of Wellspring Design Company. And we, so with Casey, this is something new that I'm trying. I opened up to all the listeners if they wanted to have a business coaching call. And Casey was a person that applied and I picked her because I love her design. I love her aesthetic. I feel like she has a major opportunity. Like she's got a good look that I think can be really big. And so I wanted to work with her to share some ideas and, and I want to record this and share it and put it out there so everyone can benefit and hear these ideas and see if it might work for you. So Casey, do you want to say hello and tell us a little bit about your quilting journey and how you got here? Yes. Hi, I'm Casey Cometti. Um, I've been designing quilt patterns probably for about three years. Um, I started, well, I started quilting about three years ago and have been designing patterns kind of since then, I just enjoy putting my own spin on things and, um, and have kind of learned the digital side of things, learned how to turn my graph paper patterns into digital patterns and launched my first about a year ago and have been kind of hoping to turn this into a business since then. So I'm really excited to chat with you about everything. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm really excited to have you here. So before this, I had sent an email to Casey and I asked her a few questions. And so I am just going to pull up those questions. Okay. So my first question for Casey was, what are your business dreams and goals? So Casey, do you want to just tell us that in a nutshell? Yeah, I think, um, it's funny. I think my business goal is just to be able to call this a business and for it to be something that I feel proud of telling people like, this is what I do. This is where I spend my free time. Um, right now I stay home with my three kiddos. And so I think I just, I've missed the sense of accomplishment and that I had previously in my career. And, um, so I would love to turn this into a business that is self-sufficient, that it's profitable, that it's growing, that it, 
um, feels just as legitimate as any other career choice. So you touched on a little bit things that would make it feel like something, you know, a career in your eyes would be profitability. What other things would be important? Yeah, I think, I think profitability, I think, um, that it, it has an effect in the world, essentially, that I'm kind of reaching outside the bounds of just my little home life, that I have people that I get to interact with, that I get to grow and learn in a in a career venue and to like develop my own skills and then to help other people develop their skills. Okay, cool. And um, so what do you feel like is getting in the way of the success that you want to see? Um, I think in like the short term, it's really my time limitations. I have three kiddos, they're four, three, and one. And so it's a phase of life that is busy without anything else involved, let alone kind of putting business growth on top of that. Um, but then I think the other thing is I'm kind of, I feel like I'm at a little bit of a crossroads as to, um, where to invest my time that is most going to benefit the growth of my business. Cause I love writing patterns and that's what I want to continue to do. But so many accomplished people in the quilting sphere, I, they're multifaceted in their businesses. And I'm kind of trying to determine where would be good to begin investing my time in, whether it be like tutorials or sew alongs or things that add something to my business other than just putting patterns out into the world. Okay. And when you say that other designers are multifaceted, do you mean they're doing those other things? Like they're doing quilt alongs and they're doing tutorials and. Yeah, I think so. Just contributing more than just tossing a pattern out into the world every month or two. Okay. I, I just, I, that's, I think that's amazing. And that's one of my favorite things to do, but I'm trying to find a way to offer more than just here. I have another design here. I have another design. Yeah. And I would say that is super insightful. Um, it's interesting having seen the industry change, like, I don't know, maybe even 10, just 10 years ago, it wasn't like that, but social media has totally changed things. And it used to be there, you know, you'd go to quilt market and there were just so many patterns to choose from and that was it. And they just designed patterns and that was it. But now Mm -hmm. I do to be on the radar, to have, to build a relationship. It's much more of a relationship atmosphere instead of just, producing content, you know, and putting a pattern out there. So that is a really insightful thing, um, that you noticed. And I actually am curious. So I think I saw this on your website. You used to be a dentist. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I'm a dentist, but I stopped working after my second kiddo was born. Okay. Why did you decide to, to do that? Well, I wanted to be able to spend more time at home. And actually we had both of my first two kiddos while my husband was in residency um, and so it was already a busy time. It was hard to coordinate me going back to work. And once I had the chance to be home with them, like, honestly, I just didn't want to go back. And I think in some ways I was always so much in the like school mindset that I didn't have a chance to really explore or develop any of my creative sides. And once I had time at home where I was just sitting, watching the monitor, watching babies nap, I got into sewing and I started designing my own designs. And that's when I really realized, like, I love this. I love being able to create. I love, and that's a side of me that I just, I think it's one of the reasons I chose dentistry because of the medical professions, it's much more aesthetic oriented. 
but I was just in the mode of going to school. So I, that's where I went. And then as soon as I took a step back, I was like, man, I love this creativity aspect. Mm -hmm. Things that though, looking at your website, so, and your email together, I'm combining descriptive words to describe your style. A word that you use yourself is minimalist. You like the minimalist. Can you describe to me what your aesthetic is, what your look is, you know? Yeah. I kind of had a hard time even putting it into words. I think it's kind of organic, kind of minimalist. I generally stick to more solids. My quilts are not block-based in the traditional sense. They're um, more of like a overall design. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's how I would kind of describe it. Yeah. And it sounds to me just from, again, looking at what you've sent me and I'm going to pull up your website here. What is your website again? It's, it's wellspringdesigns.squarespace.com. Okay. So I love that when it pops up, the first thing is the radio waves quilt pattern is now available by now. Has that been successful for you? Have people bought it from this pop-up? Do you know? Um, not as much as from my Instagram, I would say. Okay. But that does that it does get some clicks on the yeah okay so I like that and tell me if I'm wrong I feel like I read this somewhere that you sent this to me um but you want it to your designs to be something that can fit into someone's home like part of their decor is that right yes I kind of got into designing my own when I was gifting a lot of quilts for friends having new babies and I would look around stores and not see something that because like you said we are in a social media world and it's like people not only want something that's going to look pretty but it's also going to photograph well it's going to look pretty in backdrops it's going to complement a nursery and with the minimalist you don't want something that's just going to be put on the shelf and never seen again you want it to be functional and to like work in the daily life and the aesthetic of your home so I think that's kind of what I was trying to bring to the table in my designs. Yep. I love it. And you've done a really great job. Like I actually adore your designs. They are so cool. And even looking at them as a designer, I'm like, I need to buy that pattern just to see like the Adobe quilt. <laughs> How, how do you do that? <laughs> oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. So, um, so you have this amazing thing going for you. And first of all, I just want to chat about your website. So there's a few different things. This, I would, I don't know how big of an impact it is, but it's something I would think about. So when you pull up your website, it says finding modern beauty in a timeless tradition. So that does not tell the person who's at your website, anything about what you're offering or selling. Um, okay. so quilts, you know, you want to put in there. And even as I was looking through your website, if you go down, it has, um, the pattern collection and quilted goods. And so my question was, does she do more of finished quilts or does she want to sell more patterns? So I would make it really clear on this page, right above the fold, however you want to write that. Um, I mean, one thing that I came up with just from, your own wording was, let's see, where did I write it down? Minimalist quilts for a minimalist home, Minimal, minimalist quilt patterns for the minimalist home or for the minimalist or something like that. Um, but somehow, I mean, obviously make it your own, but somehow describing right there in that first sentence, 
what it is that you offer. And it's really nice. It's a lot to pack into one sentence, but like people are buying a result. They're buying an experience. And so if you can describe rather than just quilt patterns for modern quilters, but describe like the outcome or the feeling that they're going to have, um, which again, it's, it's a high demand for one sentence, you know, but, um, but if you can put that time into, to thinking about that, it can be valuable. Yeah, no, I think that's a good, I think that's a good insight that it doesn't, it needs to say right off the bat, what my website is trying to Mm -hmm. provide. Yep. And, um, and then as far as, so it's Squarespace, I don't know Squarespace as much, but as far as when you scroll down, um, it'd be nice. I mean, it's not super clear what, what it is I'm looking at. So, I mean, obviously radio waves, a modern quilt pattern. If there's some way to organize this first page to have it just say quilt patterns and then have them listed, Mm -hmm. In fact, let me pull up, um, if you go to, and again, I'm not like, I am the queen of this. I'm, and I hired someone to help with my website, but if you go to my website and click on shop, granted, it doesn't say at the very top, but they're all quilt patterns, but they're listed where you can see more. There's like three per row with the name underneath. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying, I'm going to look up Bonnie Christine cause I really like her shop. If you go to Bonnie Christine and click on shop. Yeah. I like that. Her says the collection at the top. And then it has again, three per row. And, but if you're looking at hers where it says the collection for yours, you could say quilt patterns and then, Mm -hmm. um, and then list those where you can see more per page. So I just feel like that's a little more. What's that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I just said hers is so pretty. Yeah, it just really draws you in. And I think you don't have to like even think twice about what she's providing. Yep. Yep, exactly. Yeah, she's done a very good job with her photos and the layout of everything. Um, And then I'm going to pull up Instagram. I think, okay, for you, the biggest game changer is going to be collaboration and when I say that, when I say that, tell me your thoughts, I can just imagine like, great. So what, how do I do it? You know? (laughs) No. Well, I mean, that was actually something that I was going to ask you about because I have reached out a little bit to like some bigger fabric designers and just been like, Hey, I'll like take a newer collection that, or that hasn't released yet. And like kind of put it into a pattern that I've like worked on a little bit and be like, Hey, I have this idea and like sent it to them. And I haven't heard anything back because I'm like, they're like, who, who is this person? I'm sure they get a zillion of those emails. And I do think that that's kind of the next step, first of all, to learn from other people that have skills that I don't have in the industry, but also to like increase visibility but I just haven't, I don't, I don't think I've been going about it exactly the right way. (laughs) Okay. So, um, first of all, good for you for reaching out. Like it's so scary. And generally when people reach out and get rejected a few times, they're like, fine, I'm done with this, you know? So good for you for, and even for applying to do this and being here, it's so scary to put yourself out there. And so I'm proud of you. That's very, very good. Um, yeah. So as far as ideas for collaboration, and I've done this myself, it, it gets a little tricky. So make a list of 50 people that you would love to work with. And 
ideally, I mean, I was making my list and I was like, Gwyneth Paltrow, Reese Witherspoon, but their, their audience, they, they don't have people in their audience who are my ideal customer. So mm. for with this list, you want to have it be 50 people who, who their audience has your ideal customer. And so that might feel overwhelming, like, and it gets tricky. You know, the first 10 is easy. And then after that, it's like, Ooh, you know, but you want to have this list and keep adding to it as more people come up. And some of them will have really large audiences and some of them will have smaller audiences. Don't discount the people with smaller audiences. Honestly, some of my best collaboration and most meaningful relationships have come with people um, that I've worked with who have smaller audiences. So don't discredit that just because of their audience following size. But um, then think of whenever you want to collaborate with someone, this is the biggest key. First of all, look and see what content they're putting out. See if there's a gap that you could fill and ask yourself, how could I take work off their plate? What are they doing that I could help them with? So if they're writing blogs and look at their content, see what kind of blog could I write that would be great for their audience that also, you know, is true to me, not just a sellout, like I'll write whatever, you know, but, um, what's a blog that I could write a guest blog and I would write the blog or at least the idea and say, I would love to write this. I think your audience would love it. I've noticed that there hasn't been a lot on your blog about X, Y, Z. Um, if you're interested in this, let me know. And I'd love to write a guest blog post for you. So that is you're helping them take work off their plate and you're, you've done some research. You're not just going out to anyone and being like, Hey, could I write a blog post? But you're saying, I've noticed that, you know, there hasn't been this on your blog. I think your audience would really love it. So you're approaching them as I'm going to help you and your audience. I'm going to serve your people for you. Mm. People love like, that's really helpful. And, um, and I will say it, (laughs) Anyhow, just, it does get a little tiring if people come to you with a, Hey, can you share this? And you always want to approach it as what's in it for them. And a lot of people at the beginning are like, well, I don't, I don't have a large following. So that's, it's not a benefit to them for me, but if you can frame it as what is their workload and what can I take off their plate for them, then that's, you're providing something of value up to them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's not a way that I had necessarily looked at it before. So I think that's, yeah. Yeah. And when you say like collaboration, like, I guess I wonder a little bit, like, what is the, what are the best, like, what are the best kinds of things that I could offer in that sense? When I'm like, basically I've written a few patterns and I think aside from like the techniques in those patterns, that's kind of like the extent of my quilt, what I have to offer to the quilting world. So is it just like, I can walk them through the, or would it be better to come up with like a new idea? Like, Hey, this is something that like, I haven't, maybe it's not a part of mine, but it's something that I haven't seen. Tell me more about that. Well, like I'm trying to think to like things that I've seen on other people's blogs, whether it be like different tutorials to use like this quilt pattern, but in this way instead, whether it be like a pillowcase or a wall hanging or an apron or an oven, like all of those things. And I don't, is that something that I should like plan ahead of time? Like I'm going to come up with a new design or like a new way to like put a take on my own pattern and then like offer it to this person or just... So I don't know. I'm trying yeah. to, 
Well, okay. So for you, I mean, thinking of specifically your, your look and everything, I think some great ideas would be one, like it could, you could think outside the box a little bit, like how to use a quilt for minimalist home decor or as home decor, Mm -hmm. and then just show different ways to style a quilt in your home or how to use it in your home. Um, different ways of how to gift a quilt, like how to package it, different gift tags, different quilt care. Um, so just any kind, and it could be even like something as easy as how to get a consistent quarter inch seam. Mm -hmm. Here's one thing I hear people say that's already out there don't worry about it. Like, yes, it's already out there, but people aren't, I, there's always room for another tutorial on the basics. And if people, I don't even know how to describe it, but please don't not do something because it's already been done before. Um, I I'm always surprised when I put something out that seems so basic and uh, what's the word repetitive? How mm-hmm. many people are like, Oh, thank you so much. I didn't know this. Or I'll keep posting about my hand quilting tutorial that's been out for, I don't know, over a year. And I'm like, clearly everyone's seen this already. Every time I post about it, new people, Oh, thank you. I didn't know that was out there. So mm-hmm. there will always be new eyes, new quilters, new people in the community who did not know about that, who will benefit from it. So mm-hmm. don't be afraid to go to just the basics, you know, like you had a really great video on Insta- Instagram recently on how to sew curves. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I mean, and you could even break that down even further on how to cut the circles out and just make that a tutorial, you know, like just break it down into little pieces. Um, so just being as creative, whenever you get an idea of, of like a tutorial or something, just jot it down and make notes in your phone. Another great tip that I heard is to go to some of the top YouTube videos for quilting and look at the questions in the comments and see what questions people have, because those are questions people have, you know, especially see if there's some that are repeated over and over again, like, well, how do you do this? How do you do this? And there's 10 questions of that in this one video people are wondering that, you know, so it takes a little work and digging, but, um, but it'll pay off if you do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's great. And then, um, you had mentioned, well, and you have a spot on your website for a blog, Mm -hmm. but you mentioned that you don't love writing. I would say writing does not necessarily come naturally to me. I think because I was in the science world for so long, I didn't necessarily develop that like more literary side, but, um, I actually, since you asked me that, I actually did put up a blog post about the, the sewing, the curves. And it's been like the number one traffic since it came up source of traffic on my website. And so I've, I I definitely think I want to, I don't naturally like dissect things in it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not good at teaching. I'm not good at, but I think as I, if I can work on developing that skill and like remembering the steps that I do, remembering how to dissect it. I think that that could be like a good way of bringing visibility to my products without like shoving them in people's faces of like, buy this, buy this, buy this. Yes. Well, and you are a good teacher. I saw that video, so you might not be comfortable with it, but you are good at it. So don't discredit that. I think that's what I have admired most about your brand is how like, you prioritize like giving the information that you have and the knowledge that you have without any strings attached. And I think that's one of the reasons that you're 
it, it's grown so so much is because I think people can like tell that how much you care and how much you want to give that kind of information to the people that need it. And I don't know, I've I've been trying to like adjust my mindset to that a little bit because I think in the beginning it's so easy to just be focused on okay, I need to like make some money here so I'm not just like dropping it into this empty hole of quilting. Um, yes. But. Yes. Okay. That's really been a mind shift for me. I'm like very flattered that you noticed that. So when I first started, it's so funny because my husband had a job, like I didn't have to do this for income, but it still was like, it needs to be profitable. And I, I was so nervous about if someone wasn't, if someone wanted to return something or I got really like stingy about the money side of things. And, and I learned real quick that that did not serve me well. You know, people got really upset. And so I even have an assistant. She's like, you're very generous with like returns and those kinds of things. I'm like, yes, I am. Because I would way rather have a happy customer who, who knows that I value the relationship over money because one, it makes me happier Two, you can fish out real quick. If someone's going to take advantage of that and keep pushing, you know, which rarely happens. And three, having that relationship in the long run helps your business be more successful. And I remember hearing like, I'm a big follower of Amy Porterfield and Jenna Kutcher. And they always talked about giving free content, free content. And I was like, ugh, I don't know. I think you, I think you can find success with just, you know, selling. And there's also, there's so many ideas out there. I would get like the tiny products and you don't need to give consistent content, just do this. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's me. That's what I'm going to try. But I have seen over the years of trial and error, the best way to build your audience is through relationships and through connecting and serving your people and I know like usually when I tell my students, what, what does your asking them, what does your product serve? How do you serve your audience? They're like, no, it's just a pattern. I'm like, ah, it serves them. Whether it is, I make patterns that are easy to read, or I give you a product that you will love having in your home. You're creating something for them of value. I mean, yeah, there's a quote pattern out there, but some are pretty terrible, you know? And so you want to make yours a good one, whatever you're doing, you want you want to serve that audience. And so putting out that free content, it's like the bread and butter of success, you know, and it's very unappealing when someone comes out and only emails you when they're selling something like, okay, I've got a new pattern. Bye, bye, bye. It's like, no, thanks. You know, but if you are consistently serving and building that relationship, then yes, people like you, they know you, they, they're familiar with you. So Yeah. When do you feel like you made that mind shift adjustment? Because it seems like the kind of thing that is easier to do once you have a profitable business. It's easy to be fine with giving things away once you know that you can rely on like other things keeping your business afloat. And so I'm trying to like make that shift now, but I also am trying to be realistic about like I need I need to be doing things that make my business money and my time is limited. And so how to like balance between the two, because if I spend two weeks writing a blog for free content, that's two weeks that I didn't spend producing a pattern. And so I'm, I guess I'm just wondering like when you made that mindset shift and like, was it 
I mean, was it before or after your business was profitable? <laughs> well, so, I mean, keeping in mind when I first started my business, it was a monthly subscription box. And mm-hmm. so it was a different thing. Um, but when my business partner left and, and it was just me, it was a very scary, vulnerable thing. And so I did this mystery box where I took all of our old content that we hadn't sold. And I just put them into different boxes and sold a mystery box. It was one flat price, but each box had different items. Mm -hmm. And, and it really was me feeling scared. Like I need to earn, I need to sell all of this so that I have a profit. Cause it wasn't profitable at that time. I, I was needing that money, you know, and the customers were not happy. Like it did not go well. And that was, and it, it got like some really, really mean comments on social media. And that's when I, as much as that really hurt and sucked, I was like, I have to think what's best for them first. And so, but as far as like, I didn't really start producing a lot of free content I did a lot of collaborations. I'm trying to think of how my growth happened. So the collaborations was my number one. Like even before I was writing any blog, consistent blogs, I mean, I wrote like one a year, but um, in my blog, I haven't really started being consistent with that until like the last year probably. And and the podcast, this, I just started because I was like, I love this. This is a great, easy way to share content, you know? And I did think for you, like your video, how long did it take for you to do that video tutorial that you have on Instagram? I mean, it was a live, so 18 minutes. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So what if, I mean, I'm just going to throw this idea out there, but what if you were to do video things and use YouTube rather than a blog? Yeah, no, I think that because taking all the, I have a quilt pattern that I'm in the process of trying to release. And so I'm like trying to take pictures of every step and stuff, but it's like, okay, let me take this outside. Let me put out my poster board. Let me take, and it like takes up so much time that I could be actually making progress on things. I spent an entire afternoon just taking photos for this blog post that hypothetically I'm going to put up in a month. Right. Yeah. And I do, I mean, granted I am no YouTube expert, but I do feel like it's a little more forgiving as far as like, if you have a, I mean, even some of my blog posts don't, the pictures aren't phenomenal, but, um, now Instagram, you want good photos, but as far as YouTube goes, I feel like it's honestly just the tangible, like, how do you do it? Just show me how to do it. It doesn't need to be beautiful and all blah, blah. I mean, it can be, don't get me wrong, but like, it just is the nuts and bolts of like, how do you do this? And that way, if you have five, honestly, I feel like it'd be better if it were like a five minute tutorial. I mean, I think that'd be a great approach. Like, here's a skill you can learn in five minutes. Cause with YouTube videos, I'm like, fast forward, where do I get to this? You know? So if it's just here in five minutes, here's this, here's this, here's this. Um, that way it's more manageable for you when you have a five minute break, your kids are sleeping or whatnot. You can do that. And I, I, it'd be easy. I think in my mind to batch that, you know, if you're working on a project, make a five minute video of how to do this first step break five minute video. Here's the next step. And then each week, if you release one of those that you could make a month's worth of videos or more in one project, you know, if you break it up into five minute segments of here's this, here's the next thing. Um, and then as far as, I mean, if you wanted to, I actually, no, I wouldn't at this point, I wouldn't do this, but you could also write a blog post writing out the things and saying, go check out the video, but no, that just is extra work. So, um, 
But newsletter, I would share a weekly newsletter or let's say every two weeks, if you would a video out every two weeks and just share, Hey, here's the new video. Do you want to learn how to do this? Go check out the video. Um, so I'm not saying you have to do YouTube, but seeing that video that you did on Instagram and hearing that you don't love to write, I was like, well, I mean, maybe think about YouTube, you know? Yeah. I think that's, especially with the newsletter, I've struggled with a newsletter because I, there's so much noise on the internet and I don't want to be another source of it. Just putting it out just because they say you need to have a newsletter every once in a while. Cause I, I feel like aside from when I release a pattern, I just haven't had a lot of information to send to people and I don't want to just spam their inbox with nothing. Um, but something like that, that's like a progressive tutorial where each week it can send out another part of it. I think that's a really great, I think that would be something that would be, I could manage really easily. So, mm -hmm. and I think people would naturally be super intrigued. Like, yes, I need that. What's the next thing? You know, it's kind of like a story that they're waiting for the next part of it. The more we talk about it, the more excited I get about that. I think you should really do that. Well, and I think I've thought about doing like a sew along or something like that, but having it be a little bit less structured than we're in this Facebook group, we're doing it. So I think something like that as almost doing like a newsletter sew along instead yep. of something that's quite so structured and that takes like me being quite as hands-on, but just kind of sending a new video update each week would be a neat way to do that. Mm -hmm. And the longer that, you know, the more you put those videos out there <clears throat> and the longer that they live on YouTube, the more eyes will see them. And pretty soon people can binge watch it and like, oh, okay, cool. Now I can watch all those almost like a show on Netflix. Oh, three seven seasons are out. Great. I can binge watch it all, you know? So it's something yeah. that over time will still benefit your audience. It just gets better and better, you know? So I'm going to dive into the questions that you were asking me. Mm -hmm. Let's see here. Okay. You said, what were some of your breakthrough moments that led to significant growth of your business? And what were moments that you thought were going to turn into growth opportunities that turned out to be nothing? So the breakthrough moments. I mean, honestly, it's the collaboration and I just keep seeing it over and over again. And, and collaboration can look different in so many regards. Um, but it, working with other people and being mutually beneficial, it, it's the best marketing in the world and it's free. You know, I, I, this year been using Facebook ads and seeing how much you pay for that. I'm like, stick with the collaboration. Like that is free and it's, maybe even more, uh, gets better results, you know, so collaboration. But then, I mean, on the flip side of that, the things that I thought would be the biggest growth are being brand is being a brand ambassador and, and being in a magazine, like on the cover of a magazine, I was like, Oh, awesome. It really did nothing for my growth and being a brand ambassador. It really did nothing. Um, for multiple companies. I will say I'm with baby lock right now and that's been really phenomenal, but probably mostly because I am able to, I was able to give a free sewing machine for a quilt along as a prize. And so that drew a lot of people in, but just being a brand ambassador, I, the only thing I feel like it does is build credibility. You can put it on your resume so that, but that doesn't really matter unless you're wanting to work with another company, you know, like, as far as for you as a quilt pattern writer, your number one allegiance is to your customers and providing value to them. And by you being a brand ambassador, that in no way really adds value to them, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, 
yeah. So those are two things there. Do you need to be a sort of ambassador to be able to add like affiliate links to your websites? Mm-mm. No. Like and well, and it depends on what kind of affiliate um, you want to be. Like, what's what something that you have in mind? Well, so whenever I was writing the curved blog post, and I wasn't, I was just trying to link anything, whether it be like my curved ruler that I use, or like just different things that I use to streamline the process. Personally, I wanted to link them so that people, um, but I know in other people's pages who are much bigger than I am, I'm sure like the link, the links are affiliate in some way that like if somebody clicks on it and buys the product and I just didn't know if there was like a threshold for that or if it had to be coordinated in some way when you're talking about collaboration. Yeah. So I mean, and I don't know, like I've seen, on Susie Quilt's blog, I don't know if she still does, but there was like a link to Alliso, as I say it, the iron. And I am so curious. I know it was an affiliate link, but I don't know how that worked out exactly. Um, my guess is she reached out to the company and, or they reached out to her and asked, would you put an affiliate link? But if there's a certain um, product that you want to have an affiliate link for, two things. One, email the company and let them know. I'm a quilt pattern writer. My pattern includes your ruler or whatever it might be, your template. I plan to really promote this. Would it work to share an affiliate link Mm -hmm. and just ask them? There's also the Amazon affiliate program where um, if you just Google Amazon affiliate program, anytime you link something to an Amazon product, you can get a percentage of that. And so that's definitely worth looking into, especially if you're going to be, you know, most every product is sold on Amazon. So Mm -hmm. that's an easy way to do that. Um, But then there are affiliate programs like the big, I mean, honestly, some people earn their living off being an affiliate. And so that like, I don't know, I took Bonnie Christine's course and I know she's gotten more strict about who will be affiliates, but she has a very generous affiliate program. If you really enjoyed her course and you want to invite people to join that course, you get a very generous sum for the people who join using your affiliate link. So if you, if you take a course or if you were involved in a program and they have an affiliate program, that can be a very lucrative way to earn an income as well. Okay. I think it's those little things that you don't necessarily know. It's like, I think it's the industry standard. Once you've gotten to a certain point, you know how to do it. But when you're just up and coming, you're like, wait, how do people do these things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I remember when I first saw someone like Emily Dennis or Mr. Domestic, they were like, swipe up. Yes, this is an affiliate link. And I swiped up and it was Amazon. I was like, what? How did they get an affiliate link with Amazon? And so I had to Google like Amazon affiliate link, you know? Um, so yeah. There's that. Um, let's see. What is the next question? What are, okay. What are the things that you find most draw people into discovering your work? New patterns, tutorials, blogs, quilt alongs. So again, collaboration, because whoever you're collaborating with, they're going to post about you and you post about them. And so teaming up with people who have people in their audience who haven't heard about you yet boom, all these new eyes are seeing you, especially effective if they send out to their newsletter, because I think it's like 7% of people see social media posts. And on average, email open rate is about 20%. So there's more people who will see the email. Um, 
And then with that said, I do have a free pattern. My free gingham quilt pattern has been bananas. It's brought in so many people. Um, However, it brings in all types. When you put out a free pattern, you're going to get people who only want free things, who only, they are not interested in buying, but it brings in some people who are interested in buying. So, you know, you put out the net and you bring in as many people and some are the ideal customer and some aren't, but that's okay. The more people you bring in, the more people there are, you know? Um, so a free pattern and that was as a guest blog post and then the pin on Pinterest has been very popular. So that's helped that be really popular. Um, I also, I have a guest blog post on how to make fabric bookmarks. So that's been my number one blog post ever. Yes. (laughs) Like, and I still, it's so bizarre. I mean, I knew it'd be cool, but I didn't know people would like gravitate to it like that. So you just never know what's going to really catch on and what won't. But, um, and then there's some that I put out that I'm like, oh, this will be a big one. Nope. It falls. I'm like, oh, okay. Who knew? But, um, so that guest blog post, it's great for both the guest and for me. And then I just recently did for the very first time, I did the Dresden challenge Mm -hmm. and that was really successful. That was really fun and really successful. That caught my eye over and over. Every time you posted about it, I was like, oh, I should have done that with her. Well, and I think I'll do it that exact one again, just because it was so, so much fun. But like the idea of people paying to be in a challenge, first of all, you're bringing in people who are paying customers, you know, they're interested in, in what you're offering and paying for what you have and not just the free pattern. They're more invested. It was a three day challenge. So it's much more manageable than like a month or two months, you know, and it was a small little project that you instantly feel gratification. Like I did this and I have it and it's done. And, um, I really like it. And it's interesting in this quilting community, we have these quilt alongs that are totally free granted you buy the pattern, but it is so much work to do a quilt along as the host of it. It is so much work. And if you have prizes, there's that weight on your shoulders of, am I getting enough visibility to these people who are donating free things? Am I doing right by them? Like it's, it's, it's a lot of weight. It's a lot of responsibility. And when you pick a winner, like, am I making sure that everyone who's submitted is entered? There's a lot that goes into it. So as a business owner, I also like that challenge that people are paying for it. I mean, I've talked with other quilt pattern designers. It's like, why, why do we do these quilt alongs for free? We should be charging for that. You know, it's so much work. So just think, and again, you offer a lot of content for free, but figuring out what's worth your time and what, you know, where was I going with that? Why did I even bring that up? I don't remember. <laughs> no, I'm just like so it all in because I think you're such a great example of like even someone who didn't really have a whole lot of quilting background. It's like, but now this is your business and you've like gotten to the point that it's very successful and that you can share your tips. And I don't know, I'm just like trying to soak in any wisdom you might <laughs> throwing out there to like my own business. Well, and I saw too that you wrote like you're not a quilting expert, you know, that you're new at this. And so you feel like, well, who am I to be sharing this? And so I have some strong feelings on that. I, even on my website for my membership, like I say, this membership is not for you. If you feel like 
there's the right and wrong way to do things because mm-hmm. that's not for my people. Like I, I'm new at quilting too. And I was very turned off at first by like, Oh, it has to be done this way. You're doing it wrong. Or like, Oh, you did it that way. Well, that's not right. And I, I'm not here for that. And I, that's okay if you are, cause there's a whole nother group of people that that's their thing. It's just not my thing. And so it's very, very liberating. If I could give everyone one magical wave of a wand and give them something, it would be to just not care when people don't like your thing or your way of doing it, because that's okay. Like they can go elsewhere and it's not, they might think it's right or wrong, but it's not right or wrong. It's just a matter of preference. And so I actually find it very endearing. I love it when people come in and they are like, I, I'm self-taught and here's how I do it. I find that very cool, very like by your bootstraps, you know, and, and maybe that's the entrepreneur, like creative side of me, but it's like, I almost give that a little more credibility, not more. I mean, I also appreciate someone who's studied it and knows all the things, but like, I, anyways, you'll find your people who, who don't care about like all the rules and stuff. So embrace who you are, embrace your story and share that and let that be a part of your brand, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and don't be afraid. There will be people, especially if you're putting out videos on YouTube, you get the thumb down link or someone like, well, that is not the right way to do it. I've been doing this for 20 years and that is not the right way. And it, it stings because we're human and we're not narcissists. So it stings, but like, that's okay. You know, it's, it is okay. Embrace it. Like, okay, I've made it. Someone actually disagreed with me. I have made it, you know? <laughs> I actually texted a friend of mine who's in the quilting world. And, um, because I got on, I think on one of my post something somebody was like I just can't get into these tradition these modern quilts I just miss the tradition and something like that and I texted her and I was like I got my first trolling comment I feel like (laughs) (laughs) it's just shocking and sometimes I like now knowing enough people I feel like some of them aren't even meaning to be rude that's just that's how they talk you know and some people are meaning to be rude and even then I'm like well bless there's they're going through something you know but like but there are some days where especially if you get a few in a row it's like okay I am a human being too and this does affect me you know but um but do take it as like I have made it you know they actually (laughs) gave a negative (laughs) comment yes Uh, uh let me see if there are any other questions Okay. Well, yeah, you kind of asked this before. You said on the podcast episode with your husband, you said that your idea of success has changed. What was your idea of success when you were just starting out? And does it get easier to view your business through the less of a profit lens once you're profitable, basically? So um, honestly, my idea of success has changed as I have talked with my husband a lot over what why am I doing this? What makes me happy? And I would say it does not get easier. There are some people who are very successful, who I've been around, who I wanted to be a part of. And, but when we started chatting, they were like, yeah, my goal is to get my followers to this and I want to earn X amount of money. And I was like, Oh, okay. I don't know that we do connect. Cause like, I honestly feel like the moment you start looking at your measurements, as far as these external things, 
that you've lost something. And that's me. That's just me. But it's not natural. It's something that the human brain automatically wants to go to these external. Like It's very easy to measure success if you're looking at those things. It's much harder to measure it when it's how many people have I affected? How many people have made learned to quilt or made something that they love. You can't measure that as easily, but it's, it's so much more enjoyable when you focus on the things that make you happy, you know, and does the dollar amount and, and having seen when I launch something and it goes really well on the other side of it, I'm like, huh, that was not as fulfilling as I thought it was going to be. But then when someone has a, a breakthrough moment and I, ha- I was a part of that, that is fulfilling. That feels real good. And so I guess seeing that contrast of like the numbers and all that, it's very unfulfilling. Once you get there, it's very much like anticlimactic, like, Oh, okay. What next, you know? But, um, so I don't know if that answers your question or helps, but yeah, yeah, I think it does. I think you're right in saying that it's human nature to want like the more tangible signs of success but I feel like your vision is much more like long-term. It's like not looking at the immediate so much as like the end, the end effect of your, all the work that you're putting in. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, either way, it's going to take a little bit of time to grow that audience and to see that success. So why not make it be something that's going to be really rewarding in the long run? You know, if it's going to take that time, one thing I did also want to touch on in, in your email, you mentioned that there's a lot of quilt pattern designers out there and I've heard the term oversaturated. And I feel so strongly about this, that, that that's not the case. And so if you're starting to feel like there's a lot of quilt pattern designers, honestly, I would start unfollowing some of them. Like Mm -hmm. I have a friend who is a business coach and she helps this certain niche market. And she's like, it's just oversaturated. I'm like, you're the only person I know in the world who does that. And she, but that's because that's her world and that's what she looks at and what she sees. But if you go out and talk to 50 people on your street and ask them, do you know a quilt pattern designer? They'd be like, nope. So like that idea of oversaturation, it's, you're welcome to believe what you want, but it's not going to serve you. And there is the, there, there are so many people out there who don't know a single quilt pattern designer, you know? And so just trusting that you can find those people. And if you have a good quality product that you're passionate about, which you are, there is room for that in the world. Like there's never going to be someone who's like, Ugh, another quilt pattern that's really well written. That's beautiful. Ugh, gag, you know, like <laughs> there is room for good quality, beautiful products in the world. There's never going to be like not enough room for that. So just whatever you need to do to shift how you feel about that, if whether it's unfollow, you know, whatever you need to do. And if Recently, some people started posting stories like it's oversaturated too much. I literally had to just turn it off and unfollow. And it took a couple days of like rewiring because it messes with your head. What you hear, what you see feeds your brain. So don't Mm -hmm. feed that to yourself, you know, don't listen to that. And if it's coming out, turn it off because it will not serve you. And there is success. There's abundance that's available. So you've Mm got to tune in and be intentional about that. And it's out there. So Yeah, I think, I mean, I think I probably saw all the same things that you did, but also I've realized, I think you're right. My, my following and what I do is very like 
intertwined. And I think that's why I'm not so much that I feel like there's just too many pattern designers out there, but I realize that I'm kind of like bouncing off the walls of people that do all the same things that I do. And I'm trying to like broaden my perspective a little bit as like, okay, so how do I reach these people that are not doing exactly what I do? Like, how do I find the people, like you said, that they don't know a single quilt designer out there. And that's where I think like you're saying, like the, the tutorials, the YouTube, like those things that can Pinterest, which I need to learn a lot more about, um, they can kind of reach people that we're not all just like flying in the same sphere, doing the same things. And, um, I think in a lot of ways collaborating and like mutually encouraging each other, but then you're also kind of in your own little bubble where you don't ever kind of spread outside of that and like reach people that might not have anytime somebody follows me who has a private account or has like no followers. I'm like, yes, you're the kind (laughs) of person that I want because I know that they're not just like saturated in the quilting industry the way that I have become And so, yeah. Yes. And, um, those are the people too, like that you really want to engage with on social media. If they comment on your thing, comment back. Like you, those are the people you want to, if you have just five followers who are super loyal and dedicated, who love you, great. You're perfect. Cause then it feels like not a lot, but then they're going to tell five of their friends and their friends. And that it's a natural long-term goal of growth. Also, I am always surprised in the quilting community. I'll have a quilting friend who's very successful in the community be like, hey, you know so-and-so? Of course you know them. I'm like, no, who are they? And it's someone else in the quilting community who's super, super successful, has a career, has been in it forever, and I've never heard of them. So, Mm -hmm. like, as much as we think we know everyone, we don't. Like, the quilting community is bigger. As much as it feels like this tight little – it's bigger than we think, and I guarantee there are people out there that you have not even heard of who are super big in the quilting world who would be great to collaborate with, you know. So it's bigger than we think. And I I still, to this day, I keep finding, even when the podcast came out, someone's like, you should reach out to so-and-so. I'm like, who's that? I Googled them. I'm like, well, how about that? That would be really cool. They're kind of a big deal. And I had no idea who they were, you know? So, so it is bigger than we think. And yeah, anyhow, but you're on to great things you've got. I mean, I really did want to work with you because you have something really cool and, and you just seem really sweet and nice and likable. So that's going for you too. (laughs) But yeah, I'm excited for you. So like reach out, let me know if questions come up or whatnot and, and let me know how it goes, you know, when, when things go well. I feel like you're kind of my like North star of like, okay, let me, let me watch everything that Elizabeth does so that I can slowly <laughs> surely walk in her footsteps. <laughs> well, and when things don't go well, I'll share that too. So, <laughs> cause there, there's ups and downs, there are ups and downs, but yeah, but you're sweet. This yeah. has been really fun. So if people want to find you, where do they go to find your stuff? Yeah. So my website is wellspringdesigns.squarespace.com. I'm on Instagram at wellspringdesigns underscore co. Um, And I think I have a Facebook somewhere, but it's not really at all active. Right. (laughs) Trying to get a little bit more active on Pinterest. That's on my horizon of things to improve on. But yeah, 
And maybe a YouTube channel down the road. Yeah, maybe. And I guess one last thing, don't worry about Pinterest right now. Like, you know, I almost felt like at the beginning I had to do all the things, but you'll get there. And when you're ready to conquer that and you've got young kids at home, like some things are just anyhow, you'll conquer it when you've got time. But anyhow, thank you for being here. I will look forward to the tutorials that come out, the things that you share and yeah. Keep in yeah, touch. well, thank you so much. I appreciate all the input and advice, and I felt so honored to get chosen. I know your coaching calls are sometimes hard to come by, so I'm I'm grateful to have gotten one. Well, it's fun to have you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining in this episode of the Craft a Career podcast. I hope that there is something helpful for you in this business coaching call with Casey. It was seriously a pleasure. I loved chatting with her. I absolutely love her Instagram account and everything that she's doing. So be sure to check that out. And remember, I will be doing this again in the future. I will be sure to share through email and Instagram and on the podcast when I'll be opening up coaching calls again. So if that's something you're interested in, I know it can be a little scary and intimidating, but I promise I'll be nice and I promise to give you something helpful that will help you grow your business. Also, if this is something that you're interested in and that would help you with your business, I do offer a craft to career course once a year. It opens in February and I will leave a link to that. You can join the wait list. And in that course, I go really deep in depth with how to grow your craft and turn it into a successful career. If that's something that you're interested in or you want to learn more about, I will leave a link and you can sign up for the wait list and be sure to join next week in the craft to career podcast where we will have Mr. Domestic, one of the most talented, personable, fun people in this industry. And I'm so excited that he's going to be on the show and you can hear his story and we get to just go deep with all the things. So I will see you next week and thank you so much for joining the craft to career podcast. Mm -hmm.